Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. Well, yes, we are going to talk about how we think about spirituality and more specifically, <coughs> everybody knows that it's the time of the year where you can expect that we're all going to talk about Rosh Hashanah and for good reason, because it's a very powerful and important central time of the year and we need to talk about it, we need to prep for it, we need to get ourselves into the right headspace. That's what we got to do. <clears throat> that is the, uh, that's the energy of Rosh Hashanah, that's the energy of the high holidays, and it's a very powerful time, so don't expect otherwise. Everybody's going to talk about it. Welcome to the show. You're with Rabbi Shishla. It is Fresh Thinking. <clears throat> We're here just towards the end of the week, as that's when we mix up. That's when we meet up, <laughs> not mix up. That's when we meet up. That's when we converse. That's when we connect, and you are very central to this conversation. So, for those people who don't know all the contact details, this is how you do it. We communicate via text. Your choices are SMS 34519, Telegram 061-895-1019, and there's good old social media. Maybe it's not so old, I guess. Social media at Chai FM, at Rabbi Shish on Twitter, or you can catch us on our Facebook pages. So what does one talk about at this time of the year? Well, there are all the well-oiled, well-used different topics that come up at this time of the year. People will always tell you this is the time of the year to speak about teshuva, about reconciliation, about <clears throat> preparing ourselves in a spiritual way to be ready for Rosh Hashanah. And all of these things are valid and all these things are true. I'm actually curious to talk about what we should talk about. Now, I know that sounds a little bit like a tautology, but at the end of the day, because there's certain subjects that we're used to hearing so frequently, it's quite easy to fall into the trap of missing the subjects that we actually should be talking about. And I'm curious what that might be. I'm curious what might be the thing that we should be speaking about at this time of the year. When I say we, it could be we the community, it could be we the leadership, it could be we the rabbis, because it's it's easy in a sense to just get into the space, the headspace of doing what comes normally, doing what comes naturally and <clears throat> repeating information from year to year. The reality is sometimes we've got to just say, are we actually addressing the big issues, the big issues on the table that should be spoken about at this time of the year? So let's do a thought experiment over here for a moment. Let's say that you had, you were the script writer for all of the, the rabbis, for all of the individuals who are going to be speaking in one form or the other. Some people will be getting up to give sermons. Some people will be speaking through written communication. They'll be writing articles for our Jewish periodicals. They'll be writing for our Jewish newspapers. Some people will be speaking on this radio station, whether it is under the religious banner or under some other topic. So if you were the scriptwriter, if you had influence and you could inform what conversations we should be having at this time of the year in 2022, the Hebrew year 5782 going into 5783, if you had influence, 
what kind of a conversation would you want us to be having? What would you like to hear from the rabbis at Shul this Yom Tiv? What would you like to hear from the hosts of the radio shows on this station? What would you like to hear or what would you like to see in print in the Jewish publications? What would you like to hear from the leadership of schools? You know, it's an introspective time of the year. The month of Elul, which is the month that we're in now, is supposed to be introspective. And while the classic introspection that people often talk about is how was I, how did I behave, did I fulfill the expectations and the responsibilities of Judaism, that's all valid. It's absolutely valid. That's definitely what we're supposed to be doing. We have another kind of introspection. Are we, as a community, are we as communal leadership, having the right conversations? Are we tackling the topics that need most to be tackled. Now, I know that this could potentially open more than one can of worms, and I know that this could become highly controversial, and I know that for some people this is very triggering to consider what topics are either ignored or not appreciated or maybe even swept under the rug. And that's why it's valuable to have this conversation. Let's call this some kind of communal introspection in exactly the same way as you have personal introspection at this time of the year. Am I doing as I should? Am I behaving as I should? Am I thinking as I should? And am I speaking as I should? Let's have a similar introspective conversation about our community. And I'm talking about our community here in South Africa. The truth is the the question is just as valid anywhere else in the world, especially because we very often think, oh, that place, that place doesn't have the problems we have or vice versa. We think, oh, that place, no, that place got some serious problems. We are not that way. And that may be valid, may be invalid. The bottom line is, if we don't, if we don't have a clear picture of what it is that we should be talking about, how then can we have meaningful conversations? How can we have impactful conversations? And, and all change really starts with meaningful conversations. So if we're having meaningful conversations about topics, and they may still be meaningful conversations, but if they're about topics that are not necessarily relevant or not the priorities of our communities, then we're we're losing opportunity. So I think we're headed into a time where people are more sensitized. We're headed into a time where people are more connected. People participate. People are at shul. People are at each other's homes maybe a little bit more so this year because we haven't had it for a couple of years due to COVID. So maybe there'll be, there's more chance or more opportunity for connection. What do we do with the opportunity? What do we do with the time? So that's why I'm asking. If you could guide the conversations that our Jewish community was going to have over this Yom Tov period, what would you want to see on the menu? What kind of things should we be talking about? Some people will say, no, listen, I'm happy. I know I'm going to go to shul and I know that I can expect certain conversations. There'll probably be a conversation about the fact that I should become more observant or that I should be at shul more often. <laughs> that's that's always a nice welcome, right? Somebody eventually gets to shul. They haven't been there for who knows how long. Eventually gets to shul and what's the message? Why don't you come to shul? Well, what do you mean? I am at shul. That's the whole point. I came. You should be saying something like, wow, it's so wonderful to see you. I feel that way, certainly, that I love to get up at the beginning of Yom Kippur and say how beautiful it is to have a full house, how beautiful it is to see everybody there, rather than lay on the guilt. So you can expect that there's certain conversations you're going to have when you get to shul, certain things you're going to hear at the Yom Tov table, certain conversations that you're going to have with peers in the run-up to Yom Tov. Some of them are fairly predictable. Some are terms that we always hear at this time of the year. 
So let's try and mix it up a little bit and let's try and find something that is unexpected, something we would not have, or, or maybe it's not unexpected for you, maybe it's something that you desperately wish we would be talking about. And I'm sure there are many things on people's minds. So if we're gonna do this collective introspection, well, this is a great place to start. Let's ask ourselves those questions. What should we be talking about? What should be the, the, the topics of conversation in our communities, in our schools, in our shuls at this time of the year? It may be about the fact that we need to re reconnect. It may be about the fact that we need to support each other. It may be the fact that we need to support our communal organizations. I think those are themes that you very frequently hear. I don't think those are things that are going to be unique necessarily to this year's Yontiv. So let's try and be as creative as we possibly can. What would you come up with and say, these are the conversations that we should have? You know, one of the wonderful things about the whole fresh thinking experience is that we have some very sharp, on the ball and witty listeners who the, the, you tickle their funny bone with any question at all. And sure enough, here we've got somebody on Twitter who says what we should be talking about is something that people can manage, like not looking at their phones during the repetition, the, the chazan's repetition in shul. Okay, so I, I hear the point, and I'm, I'm actually trying to debate in, in my own head if this was said in jest or if this was said in sincerity, because the truth of the matter is maybe that is something that people can handle. Tell people that they should not be on their phones in shul. Maybe it is something that people can handle. I think it's something people can handle, but I'm not entirely sure that that is something that is the most important conversation we need to be having at this point in time. Maybe in certain communities, maybe where everything else is sorted and there are no other bigger issues, maybe that's the issue that people should not be on their phones in shul. I do think it's a conversation that we should have in shul. Personally, I think it's highly disrespectful when people are on their phone in shul. I mean, you've come to shul because you believe that you're speaking to God, so why taking somebody else's call? Anybody will tell you in simple retail that doesn't really work. So what's your thought? What would you say is the conversation or the conversations that we should be having urgently as communities at this time of the year? 34519. Otherwise, on Telegram, 0618951019. And then, of course, at Chai FM or at Rabashish on Twitter or either one of our Facebook pages. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. And today we're talking about conversations. So that sounds a bit, uh, also a little bit superfluous, right? We're having a conversation about conversations. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly what we're doing. We're having a conversation about what kind of conversation should we be having at this point in time? What are the big topics? What are the headline issues that we as a community, we as community leadership should be focused on, should be talking about, should be tackling at a time such as this heightened time of spiritual energy and introspection. And uh, we're very alive to the community and to the needs of the community and to our spiritual needs. So what should we be talking about? If you were a scriptwriter for the communal leadership, what would be on the menu? What would you suggest that are the big issues that we should be discussing over the course of this Yomtiv season, the build-up to Yomtiv and the Yomtiv season. Right, let's talk about it. So uh, here we go. This is really funny. So this is, this is an individual who very often posts this incredibly humorous 
Jewish content on Twitter. His name is Sticky Dude. And he says that really what we should be talking about is the dearth of high holiday, uh, high holiday topics and the eagerness of strangers to help rabbis out with it. <laughs> so in other words, he's basically a little bit cynical or being satirical about the idea that I'm asking the question as the rabbi and everybody else thinks that they're going to explain what it is that we should be talking about. But that's exactly the point. It's not the, the, the headline conversations are not the sole domain of rabbis. I mean, yes, of course, rabbis are going to be the ones that get up in shul and they're going to speak. And hopefully they're going to speak in a meaningful way and hopefully about relevant topics. But rabbis are not the only people who guide these conversations. And every one of us in our circle is a leader, an influencer, and has this incredible power and opportunity if we have the right conversations, really. And if you have the right conversations, it, it can be life-changing both for ourselves and for other people. Never underestimate the value of having a meaningful conversation. So, yeah, I, I don't know that I agree with that, that it's inappropriate for people to weigh in on, on my question. I think on the contrary, everybody has a view and everybody has a right to share that view, assuming, of course, that it's not something that's harmful or completely warped morality. And everybody has the right, surely, to weigh in on this conversation. Okay. But uh, still, I, I hear the point that it is funny that everybody thinks they're going to advise the... Okay, got it. Uh, Mark says we should be talking about Yiddishkeit. Okay. Now, is that not what we do every year at this time of the year? We talk about Yiddishkeit. For those who are not familiar with the Yiddish term, it means Judaism. So it is a very Jewish time of the year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. These are our high holidays. It's a time of tremendous spiritual connections and investment. Surely we're going to talk about Judaism. Okay. To me, that's a little generic and maybe even a cop-out because the person says, I'm going to speak about Judaism. Who says that the Judaism I'm going to speak about will be in any way, shape, or form relevant to the people who have to listen to me speak? And let's use the rabbi example. I always quote the joke that I heard. I don't remember from who, it was certainly from another rabbi. And I'm not even sure if it was a joke. It may have even been a true story about the rabbi who takes a job in a shul. And the first thing they tell him is, if you ever start your sermon with the words in this week's parasha, in this week's Torah portion, you will, it's, an, it's a red card. You are out of here. You lose the job immediately. And it's a joke. And it's not such a joke. People don't realize that there have been and there might still be scenarios where the leadership of communities want to dictate to a rabbi not to speak so much about Judaism. <laughs> so maybe that is Mark's point, that sometimes a rabbi or a leader feels that they've got to satisfy the crowd. I don't want to use the word panda. That's maybe a little bit, a little bit harsh. But satisfy the crowd by speaking about comfortable subjects. Judaism may not be a comfortable subject. I actually remember when I was a kid and there was a rabbi who I knew as a child, and it's a rabbi who I still know, and there was a community that took issue with some of the things that he spoke about in shul in spite of the fact that they were genuine Jewish messages, like Torah-based messages. And some of the communal leadership felt, well, that's not what we should be talking about in shul. So what should we be talking about in shul if not Judaism? Okay, good. So Mark's point. And 
okay, that's that's also cute. Here's uh, a fellow, uh, Ovadia, who says, we should be talking about delicious, or as he calls them, irresistible high holiday recipes. I have a different take on that, by the way. Why else should we be speaking about recipes? That's completely theoretical. I'd much rather experience taste the recipes okay please don't tell me to talk about recipes first of all i am absolutely useless in the kitchen and second of all a, a recipe is a completely theoretical concept i'm sure you i'm sure you've seen those uh, those images where they've got how the thing looks when it's proposed in the recipe book and how it actually comes out when you actually cook it so and i'm not interested in talking about recipes i'm much more interested in tasting those recipes sorry if we are going to go down that route but that really isn't our focus of conversation our focus of conversation is what should we be speaking about what are the conversations we need to have as a community at this point in time because every time is different every community is different surely surely there are things that are top of the list here is brooke who says we shouldn't be talking about anything we should just finish school early and be with our family. I guess that's specifically to what should the kids, uh, the, the kids, what should the rabbis be talking about is uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Just finish early to be with the family. And then what should the family speak about? Okay, let's throw it right back at you. So what should the family speak about? Because it is a powerful time and there's definitely going to be a lot of family getting together over the course of Yom Tov. And we may talk about the fact that it was a rough year. We may talk about the fact that we expect next year, you know how it is, Jewish optimism. Oh, if you think this is bad, don't worry. It's only going to get worse. So are those the things that we should be, should be speaking about? I think we default to certain conversations, whether we like it or not. And maybe those are dafka the conversations we should avoid he has an interesting one a very long twitter handle but basically his message is that we should be talking about the state of our fractured communities and the importance of unity now there's something i could get on board with because yes it's different from place to place and maybe the degree of disparity disparity is different but at the end of the day our communities are not as unified as they could be so maybe that's a good topic. Maybe that's a topic we should be speaking about. And maybe it's exacerbated by the fact that we've just come out of this weird period in our history where we had no option but to be separated from each other. And it makes it that much more difficult to create this unity that this uh, fellow is talking about. Okay, so maybe that's what we need to talk about, fractured communities. What about fractured individuals? Right? What about fractured individuals? That's an interesting one, right? Interesting conversation to have. Fractured people. Maybe that's what we should speak about. Here is somebody on Twitter who says, Charles, he says, we should be talking about the subtle but extremely strong message to young people to avoid parenthood. And it's contrary to Jewish values and our belief in God. Now, that's a big one, by the way. That's definitely a conversation we should be having is this movement in the world today against having children. And it is so antithetical to what Judaism is all about, not to mention the practicalities of being such a tiny nation and how can we possibly consider the thought of not having children. Okay, good topic. What's yours? What would you say is the big number, the big item 
that we should all be talking about specifically at this time of the year. So share your thoughts on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Otherwise, you can use Telegram 0618951019 or SMS 34519. What are the big conversations that we should be having at this time? This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. We're at the halfway mark. If you have just tuned in, this is Fresh Thinking. You're with Rabbi Shishla. And we're having a conversation. I'm doing the talking. You're doing the texting. The way that you do it is on 34519. The most classic SMS texting message. Otherwise, you could use that great app, Telegram 0618951019. Yes, I know. I'm going to get some tech geek. Tell me no. It's not such a great app. And then, of course, you can use social media at Rabbi Shish at Chai FM on Twitter or find us on Facebook. My question today is, what are the big headline issues that we should be talking about at this time of the year? Elizabeth has a very strong view. Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, I'm not going to tell you what to talk about, but I can tell you what not to talk about. And that is the rabbi's personal political views. So there, I am absolutely, absolutely aligned with this. The pulpit is not a political podium, so it's a, and it's not a time for politics. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is a time for growing, as Mark said before, Yiddishkeit. It's a time for us to empower people to be able to be more dedicated to their Judaism, to grow in their Judaism, to support the Jewish institutions, to support the Jewish community. And you know what? You can even share some Torah insights, believe it or not. But the one thing you shouldn't be doing as a rabbi, I think, is doing the whole political thing because you happen to have a captive audience. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely valid point. Uh, here's Mandel who says we should be counting our brochures rather than focusing on the negative. Now, you know what? I think that's something we should be talking about because it is so common for people to dredge up all of the woe is me stories. And we do it all the time. Not, not all of us, obviously, but people do it all the time. People are consistently saying, you know, this and this is bad and that is bad and it's going to be difficult and it's going to be hard. And sometimes that's self-fulfilling it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes so while we're caught up in all the doom and gloom possibly because of the media and maybe it's easy to blame the media we forget that we're supposed to count our blessings you know as jewish people the very first thing that we do every single day of our lives is to say thank you every day every single day of our lives when our eyes flit open we are expected to recognize how amazing that is. To recognize what a blessing that is and to be grateful for it. And then we go on from that as Jewish people every single morning. Thank God I'm able to stand. Now you take that for granted and we never should. God forbid in a flash things happen. I can stand. I can walk. I can see. We bless us and we, we say gratitude for those blessings every single day. The fact that we have food to eat, that we have clothing to wear and shoes on our feet, those are all listed in the daily gratitude blessings of a Jewish person because exactly to Mandel's point, we should be counting our blessings rather 
than fixating on what's missing. Uh, you know, I always think back to the story I was told about a professor of anthropology or psychology, one of the two, and he gets up in front of his first year students and he says, and I'd like you all to look at the ceiling. Okay, everyone looks up at the ceiling and he says, what do you notice? What do we notice? They're looking, looking, looking. Eventually, the few people shout out all together, ah, there's a ceiling tile that is not properly inserted. It's kind of bit off whack. It's, it's, not, it's not where it should be. And the professor says to him, yeah, technically you're absolutely correct. But let me ask you one question. There are about a hundred ceiling tiles in the ceiling, 99 of which are all in the right place. How is it that the thing you notice is the one that's incongruent? The thing that you notice is the one that is wrong. The thing that you notice is the one that's not functioning as it should. And that's how he begins his lecture about human nature and the way that we fixate on the negative by nature. And people will tell you that it's an evolutionary development and it's very important for safety and, you know, hunt will be hunted. And if you weren't conscious of all the negativity around you or the potential threats, then you were actually susceptible to those threats. And maybe that's true. One of the core teachings of Judaism, particularly of Jewish mysticism, and most particularly of the Chabad Hasidic philosophy is the principle that our nature is not immutable. In fact, the, the entire spiritual development and growth of a person is about shifting nature. So if our nature is not to count our blessings and our nature is to focus on the things that are not right, then that means it's a challenge for us. That means we've got to tackle this. It means we've got to do something different. It means we've got to learn a different way of doing things. Yes, I think that's a big conversation for us to have, to count our blessings and to stop thinking that somewhere over the rainbow, there's a place where the grass is greener. Sometime far off in the future, there's a time where we will be able to be happy. I'm a big believer in the principle that if we're going to use the if-then formula for happiness, we'll never be happy. If the following criteria is are satisfied, then I can be happy. If I have enough money, if my family is in a good space, if the country operates the way that I believe the country should operate, then I'll be happy. And I think that's Mandel's point. Great conversation we should all have. If we think that preparing for Rosh Hashanah is simply about dealing with abstract concepts in Judaism, and we're not ready to translate those abstract concepts into real life shift, then we're having the wrong conversations at this time of the year. So yes, let's have a conversation at this time of the year about counting blessings and about not fixating whatever might happen to be wrong in our lives. Yeah, that's a great one. Great topic to be speaking about. What's yours? I'm sure there's some others that people can recommend, that people can suggest. And hopefully not just suggest the topic. I hope if you suggest a topic, it means that you're actually having those conversations, right? Let's have those conversations. They're valuable. Here's an interesting one that uh, Cheski proposes. He says, we should be talking about whether our body belongs to us or belongs to God. 
I'm curious what would prompt, what would prompt that particular topic. Is it because people don't look after their health? Is it because people, in some views, mutilate their bodies? Maybe some people feel that tattoos and piercings are mutilation. Okay, good. Interesting one. I don't know if that's the highest level conversation we need to have at this time, but it probably is a useful conversation to have, particularly around health. And I'm sure somebody's going to jump on the bandwagon and make the allegation that religious people do not look after their health. It's interesting. I just saw a study about that. Maybe I'll tell you about it in a moment. In the meanwhile, if you have a suggestion of what it is that we should be talking about at this time of the year, please share yours with us via social media, Twitter and Facebook or 0618951019 on Telegram and 34519 via SMS. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. Yes, and today we're talking on this edition of Fresh Thinking about the big conversations that we should be having. It's interesting that some people have recommended conversations that are not necessarily earth-shattering, meaning to say they're not necessarily things that affect the entire community. There may be things that affect individuals, which is interesting. Terry says... We need to be talking about hope because so many people are feeling hopeless on so many fronts. And what's interesting about this is that's probably true anywhere in the world. That's the crazy thing. Everybody has this illusion that where they live is where things are rough. Other people, they don't have those problems that we have. And Terry is being more objective about it and saying so many are feeling hopeless on so many fronts. Don't think that's just here. And we do need to speak about hope. And we have to be sure that when we do speak about hope as Jewish people, it's not some empty, airy, fairy concept about, yeah, we believe that everything's going to be good and don't worry. Let go. Let God. Recently had a conversation with somebody who is so upset, so upset because they know somebody who's about to make a very important life decision and they really don't have the plan in place. And their argument why they don't have the plan in place is because you have to trust God. And this individual I was talking to who's so upset about it says, surely you can't demand of God that he, he's going to look after you and provide what you need if you haven't made a plan. Okay, interesting. Very interesting point. So when we say that we should talk about hope, which is definitely an important conversation, Hope can't exist in a vacuum. There's got to be a compelling reason behind that hope. Now, there's no question about it as Jewish people. The biggest support for hope, for optimism, is our faith and trust in God. That's for sure. At the same time, that faith and trust in God is never a replacement for our personal responsibilities. We actually spoke about this last week. Where do my personal responsibilities end and where does my faith in God begin? Okay, so click back on the podcast from last week. You'll be able to pick up that conversation. But hope, that's something we should be talking about absolutely. How to generate hope, why we should have hope, and how we can be optimistic regardless of how difficult circumstances may be for us. And somebody says over here, anti-Semitism. That's what we should be talking about. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, the people who have the power to influence anti-Semitism, for them, in other words, people who have the ear of government, people who are part of our communal security organizations, 
and so forth, they're the ones who should be talking about anti-Semitism. I'm afraid often that when we talk about anti-Semitism, we depress ourselves and depress the people around us because it just seems to be so prevalent. It's shocking, actually, to imagine that in 2022, the levels of anti-Semitism that go unchecked, and let's highlight that word, unchecked, in so many places around the world is absolutely shocking. At the same time, I do feel here in Israel, in South Africa, and, and I must note, I must note that the person who made this comment is not from South Africa. I don't think it's our biggest, by far, issue. Thank God, we're very blessed in this country. I'm not saying there's no anti-Semitism in this country, but we're not seeing anything like what they're seeing on the streets of New York or uh, even in places like like Canada now not to mention the UK and certainly not to talk, mention France where the anti-Semitism is absolutely shocking. I can tell you from personal experience, I've personally experienced more anti-Semitic incidents in Australia on a few, a handful of visits than in South Africa during the course of a lifetime. So it's definitely something that has to be discussed. I don't think, don't think that's the conversation that, that is the priority conversation for us here in South Africa. And here's another suggestion. Somebody says we should be talking at this time of the year about the simple expression that the Talmud uses, which creates the theme for Rosh Hashanah, Tamlichuni Aleichem, that we should accept God's authority, the so-called kingship. And of course, that's metaphoric. We should accept God's absolute authority because that's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. And what I like about this comment is that everyone's going to groan and say, yeah, but we've heard that a million times before. And how is it relevant? And why is it contemporary? It's absolutely contemporary. And it's, what I like about it is it goes back to the reality of the time of Rosh Hashanah. All these other things are valid and they all have space. At the same time, what makes this time of the year so powerful is that it's when we stop and think, hang on a second, do I acknowledge Hashem's authority? Or is it just theoretical? Do I have a theoretical string of observances that I follow? Some of them kind of tailor-made to suit my personal preferences? Or do I actually accept God's absolute authority? which would mean that it's non-negotiable, means I do things that I don't enjoy doing, means that I appreciate there are things within my Jewish heritage, within Torah's teachings that I don't understand and that doesn't disqualify their value because it's about Hashem's greatness and wisdom and authority rather than my personal perceptions. It's quite a lot to unpack over there. That's actually one of the greatest meditations of Rosh Hashanah is who's in the center of life. Because by nature, the human condition is that we think of ourselves as the epicenter of the universe and the shift of Rosh Hashanah is to recognize we're just in orbit and Hashem is the epicenter. And we tend to think that our needs are such pressing needs and that's why in Rosh Hashanah we ask for things that we need and that's fine and that's appropriate. And yet at the same time, the question is, how do we ask for those things that we need? How? How do we ask? With a sense of entitlement or with a sense of acceptance? With a sense of feeling that we're in charge? Or with a sense of recognizing that Hashem is in charge and hopefully we have aligned ourselves with Him in such a way that 
the channels of his blessings are open. Okay, so that's a very, very interesting suggestion. Very interesting. Delia says, we should be talking about being able to le learn from the past and leave it behind and to work towards a better future to the advantage and betterment of our community. Okay, so that's a conversation. That's a quite an important conversation. And maybe because we've just come out of COVID and the, the, it is important to have the capacity to move on, to be able to leave that behind us and say lessons learned and, and how we're going to conduct ourselves. Okay, that's valid. And the truth is that when people hear the word teshuva, which is such a powerful and commonly used word at this time of the year, and teshuva is about reflecting on things from our past, very often that causes people to get stuck in that past because here I am. This is me. That's what I did. Quote Lady Macbeth, that which is done cannot be undone. And Hedelia is saying, actually, the only way we grow and the, the only way we move forward is to acknowledge and learn but not get stuck in the past. Okay, it's a great conversation to have, and particularly at this time of the year. So being some very insightful suggestions over here, one or two others that I'm still going to share with you in just a moment's time. And you could still get in with a quick submission if you'd like. You can use social media, either Twitter and or Facebook. Otherwise, 34519 for SMSs and 618 for telegram messages. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. Yeah, we could probably talk about this for a long time, considering that there are so many meaningful conversations that we could or should be having. So what should we talk about at this time of the year? Well, here's somebody who suggests how to start the new year on a high. And I said right at the beginning, this might be triggering for some people. And that's something that is triggering for me because to start the year on a high is relatively easy. And I, I say that with more than a pinch of salt because some of us are just schlepping along and, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that it's already that time of the year. And I'm not up for the challenge. But let's assume we get it right. Let's assume we are inspired. Let's assume we do start the year on a high. Then what? That's the trigger for me. Then what? If our conversation, if the most important conversation we should be having at this time is how do I start the year on high, then I have to take exception. But I don't think that's the conversation we should be having. I think the conversation we should be having is how to make it a year of consistent growth. Not one big high at the beginning that makes us feel spectacular and most likely comes crashing down in flames short after, shortly afterwards because unfortunately that's what happens. And I think in the, in the Southern Hemisphere, it kind of happens even more acutely because here we are, we go through the entire Yom Tov experience and people do get inspired and they do make resolutions over the course of this time and things happen in shul that change people's perspective and they are really motivated to do something meaningful. And then six weeks later, it's the summer vacation. And there it goes out the window. You know, at least if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, you've got 11 months, 10 months till the summer vacation. You can at least establish some habits by that point. You could translate some of that commitment into practice. But for us, it's not so simple. I'm weary of starting the year on a high if we're going to have an important conversation at this time of the year, I think the important conversation should be, 
What is our sustainability plan? What are we doing to keep the high, perhaps not so extreme, but more consistent? What one thing, and this to me would be a great conversation, what one thing could I do differently that is manageable and sustainable yet meaningful? What's that one thing? And it's not going to be the same for you as it will be for me, which is not the same as what it is for the next person, which is why it should be a conversation. Because perhaps somebody who knows me well enough can identify what the one thing should be for me. And in our conversation, maybe I can help them to identify that one thing for them. If we're all looking for this grand collective high of Yontav, we shouldn't expect it to have lasting value. But if we're willing to find something sustainable and meaningful, we could have an incredibly different and empowering and personally meaningful year. And that's what I think we should be talking about at this time. There were a few others that came through. We didn't have time to explore them properly. Thank you so much for such incredible insight. As always, I want to wish you as we say at this time of the year, may we all be inscribed and sealed for a year of brocha, a year of goodness, of revealed goodness. Wish you a good Shabbos for this coming Shabbos and stay safe and stay sane.